To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself. Com slash donate any amount is appreciated uh also if you want to join the uh weeble app like millions of other users go ahead and check out the affiliate link that is in the description down below the plus sides of earning of using weeble and using the affiliate link one they have a, a cash management system basically a way better savings account than you would get at most banks right now right now i'm earning five percent interest on any money that's just sitting there that's federally protected it's not doing anything but it is sitting there earning five percent interest per year on the amount that is in there that's it no actual investing in stocks or anything like that it's just sitting there and you can join in on that as well if you're just not if you don't know what to do with your money you can at least earn that right now starting right now well i don't know if you'll earn five percent i think it's like four ish if you just get started but those promotions that will come the longer you are a weeble customer also if you use if you fund your account uh using the affiliate link you'll get free stocks i think right now they're offering like 12 12 free stocks which is pretty awesome so if you average like if it's like five to six bucks a share you could just take that and times it by 12 and there's your gas money for the next month um you can hold on to those stocks if you are a long-term investor or you could take that money and push it over into um you know like i said the cash management system or you can invest in other stocks that you would prefer or you could just take that money out because you really really read it need it right now and even though the federal government and the bank monetary uh, system and its representatives say that you actually have more money than they realize you actually don't and you actually really need this money right fucking now this might be uh, a great for you to at least hold on to uh, for now until the inevitable happens but what is that who knows in the meantime i'm rambling use the weeble link the affiliate description is down below go ahead and check that out uh you know it's funny when you um you, you talk about your friends and it's all about basically doomsday 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 preparation what, what are you what are you gonna do if you have uh you know if you lose power and think i'll be all set i got you know piles of wood on my deck and rabbit meat and i basically I'm, i've got an apple orchard i'm gonna be perfectly fine you know, I'm I'm surrounded by people that if the inevitable happens, I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and say that I'm like, I'm going to make it. I mean, I'm a healthy and, uh, you know, endurance male with a bug out bag and firearms and technology and radio equipment um, and a means to get out of here. I might be the first one they put a bullet in, whoever they happen to be. Hmm. I know how to make tea out of pine cones. I know how to build a wooden shelter. I have battery packs, VHF direct portable radios, um, and a healthy immune system that hasn't been compromised completely by big pharma. I mean, I got a chance. I also might be the first one they take out. But I'm I can tell you this. I'm surrounded by people who, who are f fucked if they disconnect from their cell phones. All right? Remember, I'm from the Nintendo generation. I'm pre-internet. I know what it's like to just run out of the house without a cell phone or a wallet or basically just a few bucks to go get a bag of potato chips 
at the country store that no longer exists um, and go play baseball with your friends and push your bike up the mountain. So I got a shot. I can make something out of nothing. But, um, you know, we're talking about that type of stuff. It's kind of scary, but it's like oh, some people almost welcome it like a return to simplicity. It's like back in I, – I like when things were simpler, really, like when everybody walked around with plagues in their assholes and couldn't shower for a week and had teeth rotting out of their fucking faces. And basically you can text your, your significant other. You can write to your significant other in a matter of seconds. All right. Back in the day it was dearest beloved, my dearest Courtney Ann. And that was like a month later. And by the time she got the message, you don't know. She doesn't know if you were fucking blown to shit on the battlefields of Bull Run or Gettysburg. She doesn't know if you've had your leg amputated or half your face ripped off by a cannonball. My sweet Joseph Golden. <laughs> Where? Well, how have you been? I have missed you so. My loins ache for thy. <laughs> you come back. You're missing a fucking eye. <laughs> She's like, oh. um, I've been sleeping with one of the slaves. Super sorry. <laughs> My loins. <laughs> Dude, shit was fucked back then. Shit is fucked now. But I'm just saying, like, people welcome those those returns to, to simpler times. And am I one who welcomes that sort of thing? I, honestly, I don't think people are ready for it. Um, like when I talk of, I, I don't, I know people, I know people aren't ready for it. I know people aren't ready for it because I still see a line around the block for Starbucks. I still see a line around the block for Wendy's. I still see people, mostly women, you know, going through home goods and actually being able to fill up a cart, an actual cart of shit that is useless, that is, you know, useless. Like, oh, look at these decorations. And they're spending 75 fucking dollars on the dumbest stuff, on what? Decorations and pillow sets and, oh, but these are on sale. It's like, you don't need any of this none of it you could be like i'm going to go buy 75 dollars worth of groceries i managed to have a grocery bill that was three bags of groceries for eight dollars and 94 cents eight dollars and 94 cents my last grocery bill was 18 dollars all right i am now granted so in in the sub eight one the eight dollar one there was no pro there was no proteins in the 18 dollars one there was uh so mm, that's a tea bag actually those are uh, mint leaves i think they're mint leaves i was i couldn't remember i put them in the freezer i was like is this basil or mint i can't tell whatever fuck it throw it in hot water and find out and add honey <laughs> whatever teeth oh i lost my lincoln oh no i lost my guy um it's tea. tea. Tea tastes like shit anyways. It really does. Tea tastes... Uh, look, anybody who says tea is delicious, you're fucking lying. Any Brit who tells you that English breakfast is a delicious tea, first of all, your culinary stuff is disgusting, all right? Everything bangers and mash, your food fucking sucks, 
All right. As a whole, your food is disgusting. I'm not going to say ours is the piece of the resistance or the soup of the day or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I got to tell you something, though. British food, Canadian food, same shit. All right. There's no struggle there. There's no struggle. But to say that tea is delicious is a lie. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to me. Please stop lying to me. I've been hurt many times in my life. I can't afford any more lies and deceit. All right. And one of them is people telling me that tea is delicious. Okay. I know a Nepalese guy who freaking tells me every day, this tea is the best. It's so good. It tastes like fucking dirt water. I know it. It's dirt water. Dirt's good for you. Dirt is a medicine. Dirt is a supplement. Dirt is nutritional guidelines. Birds eat rocks. Okay. But don't stand there or sit there. Really depends. If you've got no, if you got no legs, you definitely can't stand. But don't be there in in my presence and tell me that tea is delicious. It's not. <coughs> All right, you're lying to yourself. Coffee is gross too. I mean, when you really break it down to you, it's just dirt. Tea is leaves. It's dirt. Coffee is literally fucking beans. Looks like dirt. Tastes like dirt. It's ground into dirt. You could mistake it for dirt. Okay. It's got caffeine. Yay! to do but i like it i like it i like it for what it does to me it's healthy it's soothing it allows me to talk it allows me to relax to be productive you know even though it tastes like shit mm. delicious <laughs> but people do anyways i'm rambling which is what i do generally on this podcast People are welcoming that return to times. Like, what would it be like if it all went away? If we had to chop wood and have chickens uh, and and rabbits that we had, or 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 deer or cows that we had to breed on the farm, or something in exchange back and forth for this, that, and the other thing. And if we, the animals that we eat, the animals that we hunt, we had no internet, no internet. I mean, think about that. No internet. No way to literally like talk to people back and forth unless they like visited your farm but, like our neighbor you know but i mean i always think there'll be some form of communication there has to be we've come such a long way that any phone system that is connectable any portable radio that is chargeable any um any existing infrastructure that somehow works there is a way for us to communicate there is. It just that will never go away. It's just how. What's the speed of it? Are we gonna go take? And we've taken like ten, 10 steps forward, um, in in the way we, how quickly we communicate. The question is how many steps back are we going to take? We're not gonna go to negative one. We'll always be there'll always be a way of us getting there somehow using the tools that are already available to us. It's just a question of who's smart enough to collect the right amount of tools in order to pursue further uh, gains in life in case the shit does hit the fan. You know, I mean, what I know what I have available to me, and I know what I'm gonna have to part ways with. But as far as like money will, I mean, digital currency, I don't know if that'll have any value. All right, we'll talk about digital currency in a minute, at least in one form or another. But I don't know what's gonna have any value other than your ability to produce food and be of like some type of technological use. And I don't mean to our AI overlords, I mean like in general, like who are you? What, what is your value? Like, 
can you are you Mr. Fixer Upper around the house? Can you you know fix the sink if it happens to break? Can you uh, uh, you know go out there and, and harvest fruit? Can you go out there and take down a deer or you know I mean even my even my dog Chase can um, he's a hunter by nature. He is an actual hunter. He is a hunting hound. He is designed to take down uh, uh, slower moving ground animals like gophers, uh, groundhogs, you know, like those types of animals. He is designed to flank turkeys. He's designed to do that. So if he's capable of taking down these animals that weigh between, uh, you know, 15 and 30 pounds, then we have what we get out of that is we have bones. So we have marrow for soup. We have fats. We have uh, ability to create clothing with fur or blankets. We have meat that we can cook for our health. We have organs to because basically I'm not going to eat the organs. So obviously he will. So he will get all the nutrition he could possibly want because dogs love organ meat. They love organ meat. They love bone marrow. Absolutely. So he's going to be perfectly away and he's going to be useful. Absolutely useful. All And he, believe me, he's got the kills to prove it. Now, I don't want him going after skunks or possums, uh, something else he's obviously capable of doing. But as far as his kill ratio, he's on point. You just got to give him the environment to win. So he's going to be okay. I'm not going to part ways with him, if, even if I wasn't even emotionally attached to him, which I very much am. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, but he is useful. He is very useful. So... Um, that is a great thing about him. Now, am I as useful as him? Can I chase down a gopher? No, no, I can't. Can I chase down a turkey? No, no, I can't. I, I can't. Can I blow a fucking turkey's head off? That's where I can come in useful. All right. Can I defend the property? Yes, I can defend the property. Can he alert me when somebody is on the property, whatever property this happens to be? Um, he can do that. So there's value there. Okay, there are things that we can accomplish just by our lonesome. Now, if the shit was to hit the fan and we had to travel north, the question is, what vehicle would we take? Let's just face it. We all know that uh, when it comes to my vehicles, I'm relatively cheap in my purchases. I've never purchased a plus ten, uh, a above $10,000 vehicle. The most expensive car I've ever purchased was $7,000. So... That being said, which car would I take? Would I take the uh, $7,000 Ford Mustang GT, which has a reliable uh, eight-cylinder engine that gets better gas mileage, that I could put the top down and throw things in, but happens to be rear-wheel drive? Would I use that car to get from place to place? Or would I go with the $1,200 Lincoln Continental that has a big trunk but has a lower EPA uh, gas mileage? Uh, but also has a back seat. Now, which one is going to go farther? I mean, obviously, the one that's going to last much longer would be the Mustang. Okay. Um, the one that would get stuck more often would probably be the Mustang. The one that would be more hospitable as far as, like, live if I had to live in it and attach a tent to it and put things into it um, would probably be the Lincoln. So I'm not really sure which way I would go. It would probably be whichever car I'm closest to. Whatever car happened, it'd basically be a matter of, all right, if they blew up the coastline and I had to get out of here right now, which car would I have to leave behind? Now, sadly, right now, as of last week, it is the Mustang. The Mustang is 12 minutes away from me, currently covered, and awaiting storage, 
the Lincoln is about 50 feet from me. So the thing is, though, when if you you have to be able to get at least 90 minutes away, you have to get at, nine, at most, you have to go 90 minutes north, 90 minutes to two hours north away from your current location. So you need to have fuel. So in case the clouds go white and cell phones go silent, how much gas do you have in your car? Because you're not going to be like, oh, I got to fill up for gas. No, it's over. Credit card systems are down. You're not swiping your credit card. That's over. That's done. You have what you have. Okay. So that's gone. So unless the cash system still works, which it probably doesn't at that point, the, the whole entire grid, people are going to be panicking. People are going to be panicking. You need to get out of there. You need to get away from people and let people be people. They're going to be raiding Walmarts, raiding, raiding Targets, raiding grocery stores, raiding whatever they can. Some people are going to be raiding like department stores to get flash screen TVs, which I got to be honest with you, not going to have much use if you don't have power, but let's not worry about them. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Worry about what you're doing. Okay? Anyone that you feel is valuable and close to you that you can get you can get to your location within 15 minutes. All right? That's it. That's your crew. You're out of there. Anybody else you can communicate with? Yo, I'm heading up in this direction. I'll see you when I see you. That's it. So you got to have enough gas to get at least 90 minutes to two hours away from your current location. All right? For me, I'm in good shape at the moment. I could probably use another quarter tank of gas because that car is going to stop. And I'm assuming once that car stops, it's going to stay there. So getting out of this area it would be, I mean, I can hit Maine. I can hit northern New Hampshire. I can hit Vermont. I'm obviously not going to Massachusetts. That makes no fucking sense. Um, it's going to be north, north, north where they can't find you. Places like maybe Sam Bankman-Fried should have considered going to before he got caught. We'll talk about that story in a little bit. But that's probably what you would need. You would just need... Um, you obviously have to have that hunter-gatherer. You have to have the bare basics hunter-gatherer stuff to get you started. You got to have that jump pack of, of shit to, before you actually be like, I'm going to be a hunter-gatherer now. Nope. You'll eventually run out of bullets, but if you got some, you're at least off to a good start. All right. You got to build that, you know, you got to build that little infrastructure for yourself because shit's going to be chaotic. And it is, once you start traveling north, it is going to be a luck of the draw. All right. It's going to be a luck of the draw because if the foreigners don't get you or the infrastructure is out to get you, then it's going to be a matter of, all right, what militia groups are going to be starting to emerge? What, what territories are they going to be taking over? Are they going to have, you know, HOA fees, basically, you know, militia fees for you to stay in that in those properties? You know, some things to consider consider when the whole world starts to fall apart. But you know, those conversations—I'll kid you not. Everybody, everybody who's not driving around, you know, shopping for you know shopping for the cheapest Starbucks. Um, or dropping a hundred dollars in their Instacart over at fucking Home Goods, um, which you can sometimes find me at, but usually I'm just shopping for coffee and cheap olive oil, which I don't even think they have anymore. Um, they're having those conversations. Now, I did mention the other day that 
you know, those people that are dumping, people complain about, you know, inflation. Well, inflation is there because of demand. All right. Now, supply and demand is, people say when there's more demand uh, and there's plenty of supply, you know, the prices go down. But people, right now, it's a matter of they can charge what they want because they know people are going to buy it regardless. Starbucks knows that they have to pay their employees a certain amount and they have to have a certain Orwellian decor and a certain type of coffee to import. And they know their customers are going to buy. They know if they charge four, five, six dollars a cup of coffee at Starbucks that people are going to pay. They know this. They're aware of it, so they charge it. That's just it. If the consumer was like, I'm not buying this anymore, once they realize, oh, I can get cheaper coffee elsewhere, like for example, I've talked about it before, Circle K has better coffee, and that's $1.94, okay? If not cheaper, you can go there and get a better cup. If people stopped going or slowed down going to Starbucks, the prices would come down or they would just close. But either way, it should have no bearing on your life whatsoever because you shouldn't be going. But they could charge that amount of money because they're going to get that amount of money. People are still going to spend $10 on a McDonald's breakfast sandwich value meal. They're going to charge $10 because they can get $10. Wendy's can charge 15, 20 bucks for a value meal now that used to be 3.99 10, 15 years ago because they know they're going to get 10, 15, 20 dollars for that for that value meal. Starbucks knows the same thing. They're going to keep charging it because they know people are going to continue to pay for it. That's it. So don't blame the greedy billionaires, don't blame the greedy corporations, the greedy capitalists, because you are the ones participating in the game. Part of the game is that you are willing to submit to their price gouging because you buy the shit that they're telling you to buy, that you're, they're encouraging you to buy. You don't have to buy any of this stuff. You don't have to do any of this shit. You don't have to go to any of these places. If you're spending $3 a day, let's say you're spending 10 five uh, 20 bucks a week on starbucks and then every weekend you go and spend between 30 and 50 dollars at home goods congratulations you just blew a shitload of money now imagine that 80 bucks a week that you don't spend on this crap and you go and do other things with it and imagine you instead of buying that shit you clear at least 50 dollars extra a week to go do other things. There's plenty of shit you could do. For every dollar, every cup of coffee that you buy at Starbucks, there is a stock called OXLC that is a high yield dividend stock that pays out eight cents a share. And right now the, the price for that eight cents a share monthly is $5.06. It was just at $4.50. And for every cup of coffee that you decide not to buy, that's five shares a week, 20 shares, uh, five shares a week, 20 shares a month. So if that's in one year of deciding I'm no longer going to pay six, five, six dollars for a cup of coffee, let me go ahead and open up a quick calculation here before we move on to our next thing. If you're going to decide I'm not going to buy, um, that's 20 shares a month. So $5 of coffee, uh, $5, it is, it's $5 for a cup of coffee or uh, whatever. So that's a day. So you decide you're not going to do that every day. That's five a week. So that's 20 a month, $20 a week, a month. And that's going to be 
that's 20 shares. And then we're going to times that by 12. That's 240 shares. And then there's, there's an extra two weeks in there as well. So we're going to do, actually, yeah, it's going to be 10 shares. So it's, sorry, one, two, three, four, five. So five dollars a share times 52 shares. Yeah, 260, excuse me, 260 times, uh, 260 times 0.08, which pays $20 a month. So 20 bucks a month. So spending $20 a week on fucking coffee turns into, actually, that's $5 a day. Oh, Jesus. What's the matter with me? This is $25 times 52, uh, let's see, $25. Man, Mike, okay, here, we're going to finish these calculations and then we're going to move on here. So it's 25 bucks of coffee, $5 a day, $25 uh, times a week times five, two weeks. Oops, sorry, 25 times 52 weeks. Is it really 1,300? 25, yeah, so tw $25 a week times 52 weeks, 1,300 bucks. 1,300 bucks divided by 5.06 is 256 shares. That's $20 a month. Yeah, okay. So 250 shares, 260 shares a year, compounded by five years. Like I said, 20 bucks a month. Just because you decided not to drink coffee from Starbucks anymore. Not not to buy, not to do, uh, you know, spend all this money on fucking, I mean, Christmas for God's sakes. You wanted to be able to afford Christmas, why don't you stop buying Starbucks? Why don't you stop buying Dunkin' Donuts? Why don't you stop buying fucking takeout? I know people that get Jersey Mike's every fucking day every day they go out and they get they have food delivered every day that's astounding a day the amount of money that people blow every single day and then they tell me they can't afford this or they can't afford that or they're complaining about money it's like bro don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it I mean, it's astounding. It's absolutely astounding. They can charge that amount because they know you're willing to pay that amount. So don't blame them. Blame yourselves because you're buying something that you don't need at all, something that you can take care of at home. But they offer you the convenience of pretending to be cool for the price of 5 10 15 20 bucks, And you fall for it every single day. I want to tell you a story. <clears throat> if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Hmm. I want to tell you a story. Imagine you're a young guy. Young guy. Nothing special. Just a pale-faced, curly-haired boy. Want to be cool. Have ideals. You're in this crazy world. You're not much to look at. You kind of, kind of schlubby, dad bodish, pale, hot breath. You know. Start a little company, a little app. You get some permissions to start it. Get a couple people around you that 
maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe they don't. You get a loan. You get some funding. You get some investments from some people. You throw them a good, you throw them a good scheme. You know, you throw them a you throw them a good scheme, saying that you know if I'm going to do this, and everybody's doing this, maybe uh, if you help me, I can get this thing off the ground. So you get that loan. You get that initial investment. You get those initial investors. Kind of starts to take off a little bit. You keep pounding it. You keep putting out this message that you're going to kind of maybe change the world, that you have a certain philanthropy about things that people kind of admire in a progressive perspective. You're nothing you, – you're essentially – you look pretty harmless. Look pretty harmless. You know, like this guy right here. Um, like I said, nothing special. Kind of look like uh, – Artie Lang on the Nutrisystem program. You start working for this company with a very low payroll, very little overhead. Legally, everything's that kind of looks, at least, from the government on the up and up. You start to gain some traction. You start to gain some traction really quickly. And next thing you know, the money starts pouring in. Because you started before 2020, there's this untapped potential before all regulations and just this, this gold mine of opportunity before you know the well runs dry, you start raking it in. You don't really know what to do with all this money. So you quickly gather a team, team of whatevers, and you get this little, you know, dorky piece of ass to kind of help you along the way. Not much to look at, but she's there. Maybe she's good with numbers. To kind of keep moving money back and forth. Make sure that everything looks on the up and up. Start to become really popular. Use that popularity to get spokespeople. Look at our look at this product. Join this now. Become part of the evolution, revolution, change the world. Blah blah blah. Next thing you know, you are you're partying with the cool people. You start funding huge events, getting your sponsorships out there. Look, there's Kate Hudson, there's Orlando Bloom, there's Katy Perry. You know, you're hanging out with the cool people instead of focusing on what you really should be doing and making sure that your company's legit. Making sure that your accounting is in check. Making sure that the balances that you're holding for your customers, um, if they decide to pull out, that you can cover their losses. You can cover their balances. But instead, you're hanging out at the Super Bowl with all these famous peoples. That's what you decide to do. Also, while things are getting weird, and you're getting weird with this... Charlie Brown looking four-eyed chick who's not much to look at, but then again, neither are you. You decide to make things more tax respectable. You decide to go get a several million dollar estate in the Bahamas where the tax codes are, well, let's be honest, I guess more forgiving, a little more lax per se. And then you can simply 
change the business's headquarters to this more relaxed place where taxes are more chill. And maybe you follow different codes. So you, everything goes here. Now you've got a chill pad where you can run your chill business and talk in your chill language and hang out with chill people and have sex with dorky girls. Life is grand. You've got money going in and back and forth and spending this way or the other. It's all cool. It's a booming economy. What could possibly go wrong? Nothing. Nothing could pop, at least in your head, because you're young. And then also on top of that, because you're spreading your message of anything is possible and you're doing good for the world, you start donating aggressively. For example, you start, you donate $10 million to the future a democratic party pack known as protect our future for 10 million dollars you do it again for 9 million you donate to another super pack called house majority for 6 million you donate two more times to the protect our future pack for 4 million a piece you donate to two more packs for 2 million and 1 million and then other packs for hundreds of thousands of dollars now how many donations about 17 pages worth for over what a hundred million dollars probably or at least close to it hundred million dollars now here we go he also donated to 17 million uh, excuse me he donated to GOP groups on the Republican side for about 17 million dollars a mega donor which means you get a tax write-off but is that money yours to donate? That's the thing. That's the problem with this world. A lot of people giving away things that don't necessarily belong to them. Now, are you donating 17 million to GOP groups and 10 million, excuse me, 19, excuse me, 23, excuse me, 27 million dollars of your money? Or is it somebody else's money? Is it your customer's money? That's the kicker. Are you donating yeah, 40 million to Democratic politicians or groups and just over 200,000 to Republicans? So did you ever stop to think that while you're looking like Artie Lang on the Slim Fast Diet, partying with Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry, banging dorks at your multi-million dollar Bahama estate, where you can cheat the tax code of the American system, even though politicians do it all the time, and large corporations take advantage of it, that maybe, just maybe, you should have been paying more attention to your uh, customer's money and the environment that was to come of all of that, especially considering that crypto is not as regulated at that time. Did you, did you think about that? Or did you just let your research and development team at Alameda and that dorky girl there who looks like she'd sell your ass out on the line just to save her own. But you wanted that piece of puss. And you wanted that estate. And you wanted all these cool people to hang out with while you spread your wealth message to the Democratic Party. And you do it all in the span of a few years. Reminds me of another guy. This has happened several times before, and it will happen again. 
Here's the thing, though. Crypto is now considered being regulated. And there's plenty of uh, there's a plenty more shit to come with this whole thing. Now, who is this guy? You know. His name is Sam Bankman-Fried. He is essentially the he is essentially Scarface. He took a product, he brought it to market. It was unregulated, kinda. It was new, it was the hot thing. It wasn't as deadly as cocaine, but essentially he was a kingpin. He was unstoppable. And instead of paying off cops and local bankers, he was paying off huge democratic donors and politicians. Much higher on the Richter scale, per se, of movement when it, versus Tony Montaigne. As long as the money kept flowing back and forth and he had a way to pay off anybody who wanted to withdraw, this would have kept happening. There would have been no problem. There really would have been. As long as the people who have the money in these accounts continue, continue to get paid or recover their losses, this would have continued to happen. And there would have been no issue. And as long as this dorky bitch kept her mouth shut, there also would have been no problems because he would have been able to get away with it. But in order to save her own tight, dorky ass, she sold him down the river. The problem was is that the customers weren't getting paid. The customers' withdrawals were starting to get halted. They didn't have the money to cover these trades, to cover the balances. And that is when people start to get angry, and that's when the public finds out. And that's when the government has no choice but to cover their own asses because they know exactly what's up. Now, does the government even want to persecute this person? No, they don't, because they know it has ties to them. But there's, they know that this 24-hour news cycle just chews up topics and spits them out. So all we got to do is have a few sacrificial lambs, and this all goes away. And this all goes away. So all goes, you know, no politician ever gets hurt during the making of this bullshit. None. Not one. Not a single one. But at the end of the day, it was your curly-haired responsibility to make sure that the millions, if not billions of dollars that was flowing in and out of the apps that you created, the business that you asked for financing on, it was your responsibility to watch this shit. Especially when you're dealing with the, secur the Security and Exchange Commission and with the federal government and with its donors and with the American public. Well, maybe not the, so much the American public because we get bought and sold every fucking day. But the government, no, 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 no. You don't mess with the SEC. You got caught. You got caught stealing money that didn't belong to you. You got caught donating money that didn't belong to you. You got caught in a fraud scheme. Now, I can say this because just this week, Sam Bankman-Fried went from having his ex-lover sell him down the river to having his $28 million private jet collection repoed to being convicted of $10 billion in fraud.
game the fuck over. And his parents, with a span of two to three years, went from seeing their son be successful to seeing him quite possibly and deservedly go to jail. $10 billion is a lot of money. Now, everybody's going to call him. Here's the jokes. Sam Bankman fraud. Sam Bankman fried. But at the end of the day, he's a convicted felon. In the eyes of the federal government, the state and the government. Doesn't matter whether or not his headquarters was in the Bahamas. Doesn't matter. Now, how long is he going to spend in, in prison? Probably the same amount as Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff made out with millions, billions, and millions of dollars through his fraudulent hedge fund, his little scheme, and he got caught. And he died in prison. So, Manhattan federal jury convicted Thursday, saying Bankman Freed, he was stealing $10 billion from its users of his crypto exchange and lying to lenders and investors, capping a fall from grace for, this is courtesy of the New York Post, Ben's Kochman. <clears throat> lying to investors capping a fail from grace from an ex-billionaire once viewed as the world's as one of the wor crypto world's brightest stars tech mogul was found on guilty on all seven fraud conspiracy charges for his scheme to swipe money from users of the xtx xtx ftx exchange to pay off debts at his failing hedge fund alamina research and purchase lavish real estate leading to ftx's implosion roughly one year ago which left thousands unable to withdraw their funds and the problem is, is that crypto money is there's no fdic protection on that i mean you could sue but i don't know good luck getting your money back or getting access to the crypto to get your money back. He faces up to 110 years in prison when he's sentenced on March 28th. So he has to sit in prison, no bail, nothing, till March, only to get sentenced. There's really not much else he can do at this point. I'm pretty much pretty certain they're going to let this dude dry out in fucking prison. There's no reason why this guy should be allowed to walk because there's a lot of people who lost a lot of money. And there's a lot of celebrities who are facing lawsuits because they promoted this shit on their social media uh, and they need to cover their asses too. So they're going to be going after him. And the government needs to cover their asses. So they obviously went after him. I thought for a while this guy wasn't going to, he was, they were going to drop all charges and swipe this under the rug because he was connected to them. Well, it really looks like they had to hang him out to dry in order to save their own asses. 30, uh, age 31, wearing a gray suit and purple tie, stood calmly with his hands clasped in front of him as the verdict was read in a packed Manhattan federal courtroom Thursday night. As he was let out of the courtroom, he looked over his shoulder and gave a quick nod to his distraught parents, Stanford Law School professors Barbara Freed and Joseph Bankman, who had walked up to the first row of the court gallery to try to speak with him. <clears throat> Bankman's Freed's mother then put her head in her hands. The jury, look at that, college educated. Imagine that. The jury comprised of nine women and three men, deliberated for just four hours before reaching a decision. The former crypto golden boy's conviction followed a month-long trial where Bankman-Fried made the rare and risky choice to testify in his own defense. 
Not smart. He claimed more than 100 times during four days on the witness stand that he could not recall repeatedly promising that his platform was safe or ordering an underlying or ordering an underlying to set up secret computer code allowing Alameda to siphon FTX computer customer funds. The cocky math whiz was then confronted with a mountain of tweets, emails, congressional appearances, and media interviews revealing that he did, in fact, say dozens of things he claimed not to remember. Quote, he thought he could fool reporters, the public, and now you, federal prosecutor Daniel Sassoon said in a final pitch to jurors Thursday morning. Quote, you know better, Sassoon added. Bankman-Fried testified that his companies went bankrupt because of honest mistakes, not crimes. Quote, honest mistakes. He claimed repeatedly not to recall ordering Alamina, which he described publicly as a neutral piece of market infrastructure, to have an unheard uh, arrangement allowing it to hoover up XTX funds with a near-unlimited line of credit. Bankman-Fried chalked up to chalked up the collapse to quote oversights in risk management, and testified that he and look that I'll be honest, that does happen, that absolutely does happen. Oversights in risk management, absolutely. You could have a portfolio that can tank an entire fund, can tank an entire business, and that is bad management. But look, at the end of the day, that's customers' money and testified that he wasn't aware that his hedge fund had borrowed billions from his exchange until days before the implosion. Well, he's ultimately responsible. He built the code. He built the business. He's responsible. He should know. He should be watching those bank accounts instead of hanging out in the Super Bowl with Orlando Bloom. Federal prosecutors blasted these claims and dozens of other statements made by Bankman Freed in his time running FTX. As part of a pyramid of deceit meant to obscure the fallen crypto's king in and masterminding the uh, massive fraud. Quote, you can't walk into a jewelry store, steal a diamond necklace, and then walk out and say there was no security guard. Sassoon said at the end of her closing statement in the case. Quote, he knew that he was doing wrong, what he was doing was wrong, and that's why he didn't hire a risk officer. The Fed star witness, Caroline Ellison, the dorky chick, who served as Alameda CEO and also dated Bankman Freed, basically just fucked him. And also confronted the former crypto uh, titan in court to save her own ass. She's also facing like charges and civil shit. Matter-of-factly telling jurors that her ex-beau decided to make off with customers' digital cast. Quote, he directed me to commit these crimes, Allison said, pointing at her former lover seating at, seated at the defense table. Bankman Freed was willing to both lie and steal if he believed that doing so would benefit the greater good of society. Allison told jurors in one of her most damning pieces of testimony. Ellison and fellow FTX executives Gary Wang and Nishad Singh all pleaded guilty to fraud charges and testified against their former boss. Ouch. The dominoes have fallen indeed. Telling jurors that the cocky math was ordered Singh, Singh, excuse me, once I know that as Singh, to give Alameda so-called backdoor access to customer funds. Quote, to believe the defendant's story, you have to ignore all the evidence, prosecutors Nicola Roos, Nicholas Roos said in her closing statement, in his closing statement this week. You'd have to ignore the testimony of his partners in crime. A lawyer for Bankman Freed had countered that the feds had unfairly portrayed an honest entrepreneur as some sort of monster who set out to steal from its customers. Cohen also tried to sow doubt in the testimony of all they do is sow doubt. Remember, reasonable doubt is all you need to get off. So just trying to sow that seed of doubt is all you. It could be all you need to get off in a, get off in the trial like this. Because at the end of the day, you're talking about sending a man basically away for the rest of his life. The prosecution focused. Oh, excuse me. Let me repeat. 
tried to sew down the testimony and other FT, former FTX brass, claiming that their stories sounded like rehearsal roles in Hollywood movie where Bankman-Fried was cast as a villain. The prosecution focused on bank, painting Bankman-Fried as the bad guy, bringing up details like his famously casual wardrobe and unkempt hairdo, which he traded during the trial, which he traded during the trial for a suit and a more tightly cropped haircut to distract jurors from gaps in this case. Cohen claimed, "Quote." We'll agree that there was a time that Sam probably was the worst dressed CEO in the world and probably had the worst haircut, Cohen quipped in his closing statement. That's not a crime. Hmm. Jurors also heard from victims who lost money that they invested in uh, cryptocurrency held with FTX. The Fed's first witness, French cocoa trader, uh, or cacao, uh, Mark Anton Juliard, testified that he was able, never able to pull out around $100,000 in funds he'd stored on FTX after seeing ads and interviews depicting Bankman-Fried as the future face of the crypto industry. On the witness stand, Bankman-Fried appeared to show little to no emotion while recounting his version of why his companies folded, but he admitted that his business meltdown was a steep fall from what he had set out to accomplish, which he founded FTX in 2019. Quote, we thought we could build a, the best product on the market, he said when his lawyer Cohen asked him why he started the company. Quote, did it work out that way? Cohen then asked him. Bankman-Fried responded in a flat, nasal monotone. No, it turned out basically the opposite of that, he said. So, 2019, in a relatively unregulated market, he probably built a pretty good platform. Problem is, is he built a pretty good platform, according to the court documents, with an open back door that allowed a research company, quote, Alameda Research, you know, doesn't really know why would it matter calling it Alameda Research. They could have called it fucking two turtles in a top hat. It wouldn't have made a goddamn difference. But a open computer backdoor allowing them to basically take money out of there and use it for other shit. In the meantime, your CEO is too busy showing up for stuff to make him look more cool and hang out with the cool people in his cool estate banging his dorky girlfriend and promoting his progressive awareness by donating to tons and tons of PACs that could have, uh, that essentially affect an election. Because in order to run for president, run for governor, run for Senate, you have to have thousands and millions of dollars in order to get your message out there, whatever that fraudulent message happens to be. He's not charismatic, doesn't need to be. He's just a fraud. Sure, maybe he's a good computer programmer. Maybe he's a good app designer. Maybe he's a bunch of good things. What he did with that got him convicted and possibly sentenced to over 100 years in prison. All in the span of a few years. And that's the story of how one dorky man who looks like Artie Lang on the Slim Fast diet is going to go to jail possibly for the rest of his life. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on uh, Rumble. The video version of this podcast is available on Rumble at positive sarcasm. Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. Email me through my website at the contact section at positive sarcasm.com. Questions, concerns, comments. Posing music for fitness competitors. Congratulations to Brooke Walker, who placed fourth at the Olympia in the physique category. She won a few bucks. She won a few bucks. Not enough, in my opinion. A girl with a figure like that and a work ethic like hers, 
definitely more than like seven grand I think she deserves. Um, but congratulations for her for once again placing top five. Um, questions, concerns, comments, you can hit me through my website as well. Posing music for bodybuilders, of course, you know, you can always hit me up through my website. And, of course, contact me through my email directly. Um, and, of course, the audio version of this podcast is available anywhere. Substack, through my website, downloadable and streamable. Um, Stitcher is no longer available, but we are available now on the Substacks. We are available on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, Spotify, Apple Podcast, anywhere there. Uh, and then the, your results and your enjoyment may vary. But in the meantime, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. And I hope you all have a great week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.
I could survive in the 